Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right, you can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening. I don't know about you, but we love mystery stories. That's why the Upside Down Story is one of our favorite podcasts. It turns a tale flipsy-flopsy upside-downsy so that you need to listen to the clues to figure out who the mystery storyteller is. Search for the Upside Down Story on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, hello there, Adventure Seeker. It's me, Birdie, the conductor of the story train. I've got my overalls on, my hat is snug, and I'm ready to blow the story train whistle. But first, you have to find your favorite seat and settle in. We won't know where our adventure will take place until we ride through the rainbow tunnel. When we come out on the other side, we could be anywhere. It looks like all the passengers are seated and snug, buckled up, and ready to go. Let's get this journey underway. Through the rainbow tunnel we go. And on the other side, we'll be magically transported somewhere else. Here comes the end of the tunnel. It's warm where we've arrived, with rolling hills of green and gold. We're rolling up to a stone house encircled by trees with pathways leading off into the hills. This place is called the Italian countryside. And today we have a story about a pasta maker and her daughter who live in the stone house. This story is called Noodle. There once was a girl called Elena who lived in a country house made of stone. Elena had been begging her mother for a puppy for weeks and weeks, but no puppy had arrived. She was beginning to feel as though she would never get a puppy. A small farm surrounded the stone house, where Elena's mother had all sorts of farm animals, including chickens and many things growing, including wheat. And there was a babbling brook next to the house which flowed cold and clear right through the small farm. When we are bringing the wheat, the eggs, and the water together, you know what we get? Elena's mother asked as she tucked Elena into her bed. Of course Elena knew. Noodles, she said. That's right, noodles, her mother said, and tomorrow will be a very special noodle day. Why will it be a special noodle day tomorrow? Elena asked. You'll see, Elena's mother said, and she kissed her daughter goodnight, turned out the light, and went to the kitchen. Elena fell asleep to the sound of her mother busily working on something in the kitchen. The next morning, Elena awoke. She yawned a big yawn, stretched a big stretch, 
and climbed out of bed. It was a warm summer morning on the farm and Elena was hungry. She went straight to the kitchen and there she found a message from her mother written on a card. Follow me, the message said, and setting the card down, Elena saw that there was a long cooked spaghetti noodle on the stone counter. I've never followed a spaghetti noodle before, said Elena. I wonder where it could lead. And so Elena did what her mother's note said. She followed the noodle. It can't go very far, said Elena as she followed the noodle across the counter. But then the noodle went out the window. This is a very long noodle, said Elena. I'm going to need to go outside to follow it. Outside, Elena went where the long spaghetti noodle kept going across the yard. It did three circles around the trunk of the tree that sat outside Elena's bedroom window and continued up into the branches. I see it, said Elena as she stared up into the leaves. The noodle is going out over the babbling brook. And so it was. The noodle came down from the tree and crossed over the babbling brook. Then the noodle kept going through the grass and right in front of the chicken coop. Hello, chickens, said Elena as she followed the noodle. I'm following this very long noodle. What are you all doing? The chickens squawked and Elena thought they were probably saying, Can we eat the very long noodle? I can't give you the noodle, Elena said. I have to follow the noodle. Elena kept on following the noodle as it wound around a fence post and out over the top of the sheep pen. The sheep were looking up at the spaghetti noodle and wondering what it was doing up there. I know, said Elena. It's a very strange spaghetti noodle. The sheep said bah and nodded their heads. I think it's the longest noodle in the world, said Elena. My mom made it. And on she went, past the sheep pen, and on into the apple orchard. The noodle wound back and forth around the tree trunks, and after a while, Elena picked an apple to eat for breakfast. I would eat the spaghetti noodle if I didn't have to follow it, said Elena, and she crunched into a crisp apple. This apple will have to do. On the other side of the orchard, there was a small hill covered in green grass. The spaghetti noodle went all the way up the top of the hill, so Elena followed as she ate her apple. I wonder if the noodle goes all the way to the ocean, said Elena. I could be walking all day. She finally reached the top of the hill. From there, Elena looked back from where she'd come. She could see the whole farm from way up high. There was her little stone house and the places where the chickens and sheep lived, the babbling brook, the golden wheat field, and the apple orchard. Eleanor turned back to the task at hand, following the spaghetti noodle. This really is the longest noodle in the history of all noodles, she said. Elena saw that the noodle went all the way to the bottom of the hill, but that was where the noodle finally ended. It's the end of the noodle, Elena said, and there's a big bowl at the end. 
The big bowl at the bottom of the hill wobbled back and forth as Elena ran and ran, following the longest noodle she'd ever seen. When she finally got to the bottom of the hill, her mother popped out from behind a tree. You followed the noodle just like I asked you to, Elena's mother said. I sure did, said Elena. And then she heard a truly magical sound. Something was in the big bowl, and it wasn't spaghetti. Bark, 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 said the thing in the bowl. Elena ran and knelt down by the big bowl. Inside, there was a puppy eating the other end of the noodle. It's a puppy, said Elena. I know, said Elena's mother. What should we call her? There's only one name for this puppy, said Elena as she picked up the bundle of fur and held the puppy in her arms. This puppy has to be called Noodle. Elena laughed and her mother smiled, and Noodle ate more of the noodle. And so the longest spaghetti noodle ever led to a special friend, a puppy called Noodle, who would live on the farm from that day forward, and Elena was happy. Elena has a new puppy, and the story train is back on the move. It's time for us to go. We have to get back to the Pflugerville train station before it gets too late. But if you want to hear more stories, just search for Go Kid Go wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll find all sorts of things to explore. Ta-ta for now. Hello friends, it's me, Birdie, the conductor of the story train. We'll be on our way just as soon as everyone finds a seat and settles in. Choose your seat, buckle up, and off we'll go to places far, far away. We won't know where our adventure will lead until we ride through the rainbow tunnel. When we come out on the other side, we could be anywhere. I'm so curious where we'll go today, aren't you? It looks like all the passengers are seated and snug, buckled up, and ready to go. Let's head on down the tracks, away from the Pflugerville train station, and out into the big world. Through the rainbow tunnel we go! And on the other side, will be magically transported somewhere else. Here comes the end of the tunnel. We're rolling right past a lot of... Wait, are those? They are. The story train is rolling past a banana farm where thousands of bananas are growing. Did you know bananas grow on trees? It's true. And banana trees are very common in a place called Guatemala. If you've ever eaten a banana, there's a good chance it was grown in Guatemala. And today, we get to meet a boy named Hector, who has an important task that doesn't end the way he thought it might. This story is called The Banana Tree. 
There was only one banana tree in Hector's backyard, and Hector was staring at it. The bananas are ripe, said Hector. I will guard them and make sure no one takes the bananas. Hector marched over to the banana tree. Then he sat down and rested his back against the tree trunk. I will guard these bananas. Hector looked up and counted the bananas in the tree. It was a small banana tree, so there were only seven bananas over Hector's head. Don't worry, bananas, Hector said. I'm great at guarding things. Just as Hector spoke, Monkey swung over the fence and crouched in front of the banana tree. Hello, Monkey, said Hector. Hello, Hector, said Monkey. I see you have a banana tree with ripe bananas. I'm guarding the bananas, said Hector. Could I have just one? asked Monkey. I haven't had any breakfast and I do love a ripe banana. Hector thought, hmm, should I give Monkey a banana? I would still have six bananas. I guess I could spare one banana. Hector reached up, grabbed a banana, and handed it to Monkey. Thank you for the banana, Monkey said. You have brightened my day. It's okay, said Hector. I still have six bananas to guard. Monkey climbed out of the yard and up into a tree and peeled the banana. No sooner had Monkey left when Donkey walked by. Hello, Donkey, said Hector. Hello, Hector, said Donkey. I see you have a banana tree with ripe bananas. I'm guarding the bananas, said Hector. Could I have just one, asked the donkey. I've been walking all morning and I do love a ripe banana. Hector thought, should I give donkey a banana? I would still have five bananas. I guess I could spare one banana. Hector reached up, grabbed a banana and handed it to donkey. Donkey ate the whole thing in one bite. Thank you for the banana, Donkey said. You have brightened my day. It's okay, said Hector. I still have five bananas to guard. The sun was rising over the banana tree, and Hector was glad to have the big leaves over his head to shade him. He was being very careful to guard the five bananas when a rabbit a pig and a raccoon all stopped to see him at the same time. Hello, rabbit, pig, and raccoon, said Hector. Hello, Hector, said rabbit. We see you have a banana tree with ripe bananas. Yep, I'm guarding the bananas, said Hector. Could we each have just one, asked the pig. We love ripe bananas, Hector thought. Should I give rabbit, pig, and the raccoon bananas? I would still have two bananas. I guess I could spare three bananas. Hector reached up, grabbed three bananas, and handed them to the rabbit, pig, and raccoon. Thank you for the bananas, raccoon chirped. You have brightened our day. It's okay, said Hector. I still have two bananas to guard. Hector folded his arms in front of his chest and stuck out his lip. 
I will guard these two bananas. And so he did, until the neighbor boy from across the fence yelled from his yard, Hello, Hector, yelled the boy, whose name was Danny. What are you doing? Hector pointed to the two bananas. I'm guarding the two bananas. It's funny you should say that, because I was just coming over to ask you for two bananas. Why do you need two bananas? asked Hector. I have to make a gift for someone, said Danny. Do you think I could have the two bananas? Hector thought about the two bananas. Danny wanted to make a gift, and Hector thought that was nice. He reached up and snapped the last two bananas off the tree. Here are the two bananas, said Hector, so you can make your gift. Thank you, Hector, said Danny. You're a very good friend. Danny ran into his house, and Hector was all alone under the banana tree. He looked up. I have no bananas to guard, said Hector. All my bananas are gone. How did that happen? Hector shook his head. He couldn't believe all the bananas had disappeared. There were so many, and now there were none. I have no bananas, said Hector. Just then, Monkey swung down from the tree. You have no bananas, but you have a friend, said Monkey. His name is Monkey. Monkey sat under the tree with Hector, just as Donkey walked by. You have no bananas, but you have a friend, said Donkey. Her name is Donkey. Rabbit, Pig, and Raccoon appeared next. You may not have any bananas, but you have three more friends, said Rabbit. Their names are Rabbit, Pig, and Raccoon. Just as Rabbit said this, Hector smelled something delicious. What's that smell? Hector asked. But none of his new friends knew what it was. Just then, Danny opened the gate between his yard and Hector's yard and walked to the banana tree. He was carrying a plate. Here is your gift, said Danny. It's banana bread. My mom baked it for you. I love banana bread, said Hector. I know, said Danny. And so, under the banana tree, everyone ate a slice of warm banana bread. I may not have bananas to guard, said Hector, but I have many friends to eat banana bread with. Well, listeners, isn't that better than guarding seven bananas? Well, story train passengers, it's time for us to go. It's back home for us before it gets too late. If you want to hear more stories, search for Go Kid Go wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll find all sorts of things to explore. Down the tracks we go, back to the Pflugerville station. Ta-ta for now. Welcome 
to the Story Train, where we visit faraway places for a brand new story every time the train leaves the station. I'm Bertie, the Story Train Conductor, and I'm glad you've climbed aboard. Find a cozy seat, settle in, and buckle up. We're rolling down the tracks. Over a little hill, around a corner, and through the rainbow tunnel we go. And on the other side, we'll be magically transported far, far away. Here comes the end of the tunnel. We've arrived in a very large park where people are walking and talking. The story train is moving very slowly past tall trees and playgrounds and ponds. And look up ahead. There's a dog park with lots of dogs playing together. I have a story for you today that takes place in that very dog park with a dog who didn't quite fit in with all the other dogs when they showed up. Today's story is called Bark Park. Henry the dog was born on a farm tucked away in the corner of a very large city. It was rare for there to be a farm in such a bustling metropolis, but this farm was very small. Really, it was more of a backyard than a farm, and there was only one kind of animal on the farm, goats. The owner of the farm just loved goats, so she had 12 of them. That's a lot of goats. And Henry, being a dog among goats, loved goats almost as much as the farmer did. In fact, if you would have asked Henry, he would have said he was a goat. There were no mirrors on the farm, and all of Henry's friends were goats, so Henry just figured, well, I guess I'm a goat too. Which was fine with Henry, because he liked to do all the same things goats did. Henry liked to climb on top of just about everything, just like goats do. Henry would climb onto tree stumps and watering cans. If the goats were climbing up on the outside tables and the outside chairs, so was Henry. Henry also liked to eat whatever all the goats were eating, which is pretty much anything that's not nailed down. Goats will eat almost anything at all. So Henry, thinking he was a goat, also ate pretty much whatever ended up in front of him. That meant that Henry ate hay and grass and weeds and sometimes even tree bark. These were not normal things for a dog to eat, but they were normal for a goat. And Henry, you'll remember, thought he was a goat. All of this would have been just fine if Henry were to have spent all of his days on the farm with the goats. But the farmer thought Henry should spend a little time with other dogs, at least once every week. And so it came to pass that one day, Henry the dog was taken into the big city, down a long road, and right to the front door of a dog park called Bark Park. You would have thought that Henry, being a dog, would see all the other dogs and become very excited. But Henry had never seen another dog. 
this was his first time, and Henry wasn't quite sure what to make of all the dogs he saw. There were small dogs and big dogs, fluffy dogs and sleek dogs, white dogs and brown dogs and black dogs, and all of them were barking at Henry. Or at least it seemed like they were all barking at Henry. Well, do you know what Henry did? He thought to himself, These don't look like goats, but maybe they are goats. I'll just act like I always do, and this will work out just fine. Henry jumped right on top of a table sitting in the bark park. It was a table where several people were eating lunch, and they all jumped up and told Henry, Get down! Get down! Henry jumped off the table and pranced over to the big garbage can, and he jumped up on that. All the dogs barked and barked at him, and Henry understood what they meant because Henry was a dog himself. They were saying, What are you doing on top of the garbage can? Dogs don't do that. Well, Henry was starting to feel a little less excited about being at the dog park. He got nervous and started munching on the weeds at his feet. And then he saw a tree in the bark park, and he started eating the bark. And all the other dogs barked. They were saying, Dogs bark, but we don't eat bark, silly. Henry thought to himself, But this place is called Bark Park, and I like to eat bark. I don't understand. Now Henry felt very alone, like no one understood him. He decided he didn't want to be a dog anymore. He was a goat, not a dog, and that was just fine with him. Henry went behind the tree and sat alone and wished the farmer would take him back to the farm. But the farmer thought, he'll get the hang of it. He just needs a little encouragement. So the farmer walked over to Henry and got down on one knee. Henry, said the farmer, you are a very special dog. Do you know why? Henry stared at the ground and shook his head. You are a very special dog because you know all about goats, said the farmer. Most dogs have no idea what a goat even is, but you know a lot about goats. Henry's ears perked up a little. I do know a lot about goats. I bet if you teach all these dogs about goats, They'll teach you all about dogs, said the farmer. Then you can go home to the farm and show all the goats what it's like to be a dog. Henry liked that idea. He came out from behind the tree and barked. And the other dogs knew what the bark meant. It meant, follow the goat. Come on, everyone. I'll show you how to be a goat. Henry pranced around the bark park and jumped on the table. All the other dogs jumped on the table, too. There were ten dogs on the table, and they all barked. 
It's fun being a goat, said one of the dogs, and off they went to take turns jumping on top of the garbage can. Then something even more amazing happened. One of the dogs barked, and Henry understood the bark. Now it was his turn to play at being a dog. All the dogs chased each other around the bark park. They rolled over, they grabbed two ends of a rope, and took turns playing tug o' war. They even ate something called dargy treats, which Henry loved. When Henry and the farmer arrived back home, Henry ran straight into the backyard and told his goat friends all about his big adventure. Henry explained that he'd shown all the other dogs how to act like a goat, and Henry had learned how to act like a dog. And he even brought each goat a doggy treat, which they ate and very much enjoyed. That afternoon, Henry and the goats played follow the dog, and the goats rolled over. They grabbed two ends of a rope and played tug o' war, and they still ate the bark off the trees. I like being a dog and a goat at the same time," said Henry. But really, Henry was a hundred percent dog, a dog who would always act like a goat. And for the rest of his life, Henry went to the bark park once a week to be with the other dogs. He played be a goat and be a dog, and he always ate the treats. Well, story train passengers, it's time for us to go. It's back home for us before it gets too late. If you want to hear more stories, search for Go Kid Go wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll find all sorts of things to explore. Down the tracks we go, back to the Flugerville station. Ta-ta for now. like to laugh? Ah, who am I kidding? Who doesn't like to laugh? So, okay, if you love to laugh, you'll love Don't Break the Rules. It's a hilarious comedy improv podcast where the voice actors make up their lines on the spot and try to be the only actor who doesn't break the rules. These talented actors are great at coming up with silly scenes and stories when they follow the rules for the episode. And it gets even sillier when they accidentally break the rules. The stories are guided by suggestions from kids like you, and the episodes feature laughs, burps, and the occasional unicorn. So if you'd like to giggle and play along, be sure to listen to Don't Break the Rules wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts.